This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free numbers. We launch into another week of fun and excitement here. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So to start things out here tonight, Mark, you uh, seem pretty fired up about the sports world, which is a little unusual <laughs> for uh, for Free Talk Live. I personally pay virtually zilch of attention uh, to the world of sports. But for some people, it's very important to them. Well, I figure with uh, with Gardner here that I, I'll probably be saved since he knows so much about sports. Oh, yes, yeah, so much about it. I used to, <laughs> I used to follow sports, and eventually, you know, as a kid, my sports basically followed what I could get in on rabbit ears on TV, mm-hmm. and everything went to UHF, so I lost interest in everything. <laughs> well, um, from the AP today, Mark McGuire, and for those of you that don't know, he's the guy. Um, by the way, I know nothing, very very little about sports. I shouldn't say nothing, I, but I do know Mark McGuire's name, and he's one of the few baseball players that I could name that have played the game. Probably of a, a dozen or two dozen players that I could name ever. But uh, Mark McGuire finally came clean, admitting that he used steroids when he broke baseball's home run record back in 1998. Mm. McGuire said in a statement sent to the Associated Press on Monday that he used steroids on and off for nearly a decade. It's very emotional. It's telling my family members, friends and coaches, you know, it's former teammates to try to get a hold of, you know, that I'm coming clean and being honest. Those were the allegations, too, back then, right? Yes. Sure. He said that during a 20-minute interview, his voice repeatedly cracking. It's the first time they've ever heard me talk about this. I hid it from everybody. McGuire said that he also used human growth hormone, which to most people's uh, minds is the same thing as steroids, but it's not. And he didn't know uh, if his use of performance-enhancing drugs contributed to some of the injuries that led to his retirement at 38 in 2001. So um, he repeatedly expressed regret for his decision to use steroid steroids, which he said was foolish and caused by his desire to overcome injuries, get back on the field and prove his worth to his multi-million dollar salary. Um, so I, I guess the, the, the point that I w- want to talk about is um, sort of, you know, from a from a liberty standpoint, a guy should have the right to put in what his body, whatever he wants to put in his body. However, if the rules of the organization for which you work are that you can't do those things, then you're cheating, and yeah, that's, that's right. not fair. Yeah. But I want to talk about Mark McGuire's uh, the asterisk that'll go by his name from here on out. He got the most. He has the home run record. So wait, they're not going to pull the the record from him? It, it, at this point, it's unclear. But at the very least, there's going to be an asterisk by it, right? Yeah. Okay. It would seem like they should pull the. They should pull it. I mean, they pulled Millie Vanilli's uh, Grammy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Millie Vanilli, the steroid users of uh, of music. They That's were lip syncing. It's, it's very comparable, though. It's interesting. Yeah. No, Millie Vanilli didn't sing, whereas Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire did. actually did what he did. And yes, here's good point. some points I'd like. Yeah, but they to danced make. around in mouth mouth lyrics. Yeah, but they, they didn't pretty. sing. Yeah. Well, did they? they yeah, did they yeah. get an award for singing? Uh, they get a no, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, they got an award for singing. They didn't sing. Okay. Mark McGuire got an award for home runs. He, he hit home did runs. Hit. Yep, yep. Um, but I, I, but he was an augmented Mark McGuire. In, indeed, and I want to talk about augmentation. Um, I, I think that in this particular instance, one can make from generation to generation all kinds of arguments as to what's fair and what's not. I mean, 
I, I, I don't know that much about baseball players. I wish I could name off names um, here for people to, to understand, but I know that Elvis went to, to war in, in uh, World War II and was stationed in Germany. Sure. And, you know, what about the baseball player that instead of, you know, who, was, who would have in that in 1943 cracked more out of the park than I think Babe Ruth? You mean Ted Williams? Okay. He left. I mean, literally, Ted yeah. Williams left at the height of his career, went into World War II, came back, and still was phenomenal. That's why you're here. Dominated. Yeah. To, to, there you to, go. To save me. So, <laughs> I mean, there, I knew there was an example. There had to have been, and there was. Uh, it, I, I probably heard it somewhere. Um, and, and what, Babe Ruth was the guy who had the home run record prior to this, but Ted Williams might have broken well, it or something? Uh, well, no, no. It's, uh, Babe Ruth always had the, had the home run record, but Ted Williams was just an amazing, phenomenal hitter and uh, and just a, a, just a dramatic return to baseball after going into World War II. And, of course, in his last at-bat, it went right out of the park. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, maybe Ted Williams would have hit more uh, home runs than, than Babe Ruth did. We don't know. It could have happened. Then there's the technology for working out and nutrition and all that stuff. That's Those are good points. Let's talk about antibiotics and vaccines and, um, you know, the medical advances that have occurred since when did they start keeping these rec- records? The 1870s and, or something? And, I don't have any idea. And the voodoo developments. <laughs> the new voodoo developments have been huge in baseball. You know? You don't know. I mean, so there, there's all kinds of developments. Developments that have occurred along the way that, to me, I mean, you know, and there's going to be prosthetic developments. There's there's all kinds of, as, as far as medicine goes, massaging, massages. Oh, yeah. At this point, yeah. you know, players get, uh, you know, these ice baths and massages and all that kind of stuff. It helps them heal faster. No player could do that back in, uh, I, that's that's probably only been since the, the 80s and stuff that those yeah. kind of things have been occurring. So all, what kinds, are you getting of, at? all kinds of medicine has occurred Steroids is just one kind of medicine, right? Yeah. So all kinds of medical advancements and every other kind of situation that might make it so that one, um, you know, one team plays better than the other or, or one per- player plays better than better than the other. The ability to watch, uh, you know, team, uh, uh, you know, people, the other players playing on film and that kind of thing. Yeah. They didn't have that back when Babe Ruth was likely um, playing, or certainly they did. You know, he didn't sit down and spend hours yeah, and hours yeah. uh, st- studying the opposing team. So there's all kinds of advancements that have occurred, and I think that steroids are really just one of the advancements. So I don't see that. Um, I, I don't. I don't think Mark McGuire's record should be pulled. Well, see, I think they're but different. He, he, well, he broke the rules. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the rules. The rules were poorly enforced. Remember that. Um, the, think about this for a second. A game is uh, what you can do inside of a set of rules. But if yeah. if the if, if for instance um, you You're know along the j- along he... the baseline every time you hit one along the baseline it's supposed to be out but they just, they call it in you know they they don't call it out so. Um, and then, then you just continue to hit them along the baseline. If the um, if the umpires and the people that run the game don't enforce the rules the way they're supposed to be enforced, then why is it incumbent upon the player to follow those rules? Well, I, th- I think what you've got agreed to it. Yeah, and I think you've got th- you've got three different levels of of analysis here. One, you have the idea of fairness within a system to which you've agreed uh, in which you've agreed to play the baseball, the fairness, or the, that whole concept. Then you have whether or not those rules are really appropriate within baseball, or should they go for the maximum effect of entertaining the the audience 
Or Clearly, I fall on that side of that. Okay, and and as you say, we have all these developments, and where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. So those are those are sort of interesting, I think, ethical and and social questions. Then you've got the political question to me, which this is extremely irksome to me. Yep. Is when the these these blowhard congressmen call people like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in to Congress to testify under oath and threat of prosecution. About and and don't forget that certain certain people like I think it was John McCain and others have said, well, if they don't clean up baseball, we'll clean it up for them. That I I have to agree with you, Gard. is completely disturbing oh. and it's outrageous. I mean, they, there was even uh, somebody proposing that they change the rules for college football or basketball yes, yes, or something the, like the that. The bowl setup for football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. You know, it might be the only good bit of legislation ever come to wa- out of Washington D.C. <laughs> the bowl system for college, I think, is the most convoluted, stupid thing I've ever um, experienced. However, that's just my opinion, and it, I'm not really a consumer. Here you go. If they change it, if Congress changes it, then we just call it the toilet bowl. Flush <laughs> them all down. But that's I, I think that those are the three levels where I would study it. And I think, you know, we have all our differences, and let the market you know decide. Although, I do think, you know, parents are saying, hey, look, man, you know, those things are dangerous. And yeah. I don't want my kid to see somebody and raise him up as a hero. I, I understand that. I get that. Um, Ian, so let's say that not only Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, the two um, guys that were competing for the home run um, you know, derby there, but the, remember, there's some guy that was behind them. He was number three, yeah. and maybe he didn't use steroids, right? Um so, I mean, you know, the the two yeah. guys ahead of him, why is it that he doesn't get his name? You know, why is it that he doesn't uh, get the opportunity to compete against those guys in that arena? Um, you know, everybody else is doing it. He should get recognition. Yeah. But, yeah. And if, if he wasn't doing steroids and the other two guys were, then he actually is the winner of the home run No, contest. he's not. Yes, he is. He, he didn't, didn't hit as many home runs, dude. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can chime in on this or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features include our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan over at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's Facebook. FreeTalkLive.com and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime right here in New Hampshire, surrounded by hundreds and soon thousands of other like-minded individuals, people that believe in freedom that are actually willing to do something about it. They're getting together and you can be a part of it. Go to FreeStateProject.org to learn more and get signed up. That's FreeStateProject.org. So we started things out tonight. Uh, apparently, there's news in, in the sports world where Mark McGuire, who made a name for himself back in the late 1990s uh, by, I guess, getting a home run record, 
he's come out and admitted now that he was taking steroids for the Pretty much the whole decade, uh, right up till he got that. He said off and on. Off and on for the well. Anyway, he said he was on steroids at the time that he got that record, which is a violation of the rules of the game. They are, they I guess one of the rules of the National Baseball. What do they call themselves? The league, league of baseball, <laughs> MLB. Um, what is that? Major National league baseball. Major there you go. Uh, Major league baseball. You can see how uh, in touch I am with the sports world. But it's it's in their rules, and I'm pretty sure it's in the rules of the NFL and many other sports organizations that you're allowed to work out and stuff, but you're not allowed to put chemicals in your body that uh, will essentially, unnaturally, if you will, give you an advantage over the other players. And I am shocked that you're here tonight, Mark, defending this cheater. You're saying that he shouldn't have his award taken away from him? I'm telling you that some rules are enforced more than others. Okay? There's probably... I know that at some point it was a hoo-ha as to whether or not players can take creatine. Now, I don't know whether... Mm. Um, which is, is, is simply a, a vitamin supplement that I believe works. However, I don't think... I think the science is pretty iffy on it. It just volumizes the cells, they say, and helps uh, helps muscles stick together a little more. Yeah, I, I, I believe the creatine monohydrate is, uh, is, is effective in, uh, you know, helping to build muscles, but I don't know that um, there is, you know... I know chromium picolate or something they found uh, wasn't, but I thought that was too. So, um, anyway, there were, there were rules on taking these supplements and these are just food, essentially, um, from the MLB. And uh, there's no way for them to test on this. And some players took them and some players didn't, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, like, I, I don't think that a rule that isn't being enforced is a very viable rule. And I don't. I, I, I don't Wait, why do you have to have enforcement? Why can't you just run on the honor system? Is it working? Is that a system that works? Because competitiveness, because there need to be checks and balances inside the marketplace, right? And if there aren't checks yeah. and balances in the marketplace, then th- something's going to run unchecked. If you're not checking to see whether players are using uh, steroids, then you don't care, okay? That means they should be able to use them. Uh, well, if you want to get the rules changed, Mark, inside their that little system, then you could probably lobby for that if you were involved in the, the Major League Baseball. But I don't see why it matters uh, if they're enforcing the rules all the time or not. It's cost prohibitive for them to some extent to uh, to enforce on these rules. Not that There's they no, no such it. thing as cost prohibitive in Major well, League Baseball. Well, let's look at it this way. Let's say your son goes into the Cub Scouts okay. and he's in the Pine, Do- Pine Box Derby, uh-huh. right? And is this the one where he he's in the vehicle or he makes a vehicle? That, uh, yeah, I think that's the one where you make a vehicle. Okay, yeah. great. And yeah. you Certain, drive it too, right? Don't you? I think no. you. I think or I think you have to. You put it on a run. I think that's yeah, really? that the pine. I, I yes, can't remember. I think okay. you're correct. Yeah. So um, and let's say you can put a certain amount of weights. They have you. You are allowed a certain amount of lead weights that you can put on it. It has to be a block of wood that everybody is given. You're given the wheels. You have to put it all together. It's a standard thing. So you know what happens if somebody cheats on that and puts it in there and they don't detect it and and your son loses he gets second place and then like a year later the child's father comes out and says oh you know what my child who got first place uh, he cheated and they just they didn't detect it i have an important question is there a hundred million dollars at stake for whose car comes across the line first no, but there's there's some a trophy of, there's and kids care that, about that. That, that. that kids care about. I'm yeah. just I'm I'm just saying, right? Mean. Like yeah. when you when you put this prize, this goal at the end of the of the of the yeah. ring, of the the line there, 
um, as something that large, and then you putter about and don't enforce the rules of the game, especially a very important rule like whether or not you can use in performing enhancing drugs or not, then your expectation really should be... Right, if there's a hundred million dollars well, to be had at the end of the Pine Box I disagree with Derby, you. I'm gonna think that somebody's gonna put more lead weights in their car. I think I think it's a subjective thing. I mean, if you are in this contest to win, um, then you know a kid a kid certainly would have no conception of a hundred million dollars, whereas a CEO would, but he wouldn't have any conception of the Pine Pine Box Derby. So the child. Would at that time, maybe years later, he would just say, "Oh well, you know, they missed it, and you know, I got, I got rookered, but whatever, you know, I lived on." But uh, and I think, I think, if you've got a situation where everybody is expecting the rules to be enforced and they're not enforcing them, uh, I don't know that that necessarily means that it's acceptable to say that somebody sneaked through. No, you agreed to follow the rules and you're breaking them. It doesn't matter how uh, how intricately they're checking them. You made an agreement and you violated it. I can't believe you're. you're lesson, I can't believe that you're saying that. Well, it's okay to cheat so long as you don't get caught. That's what I hear you saying. Especially, just hold on, just a minute. Especially, let's say there were a hundred million dollars on the line. Mm-hmm. Pine Box Derby was broadcast all over the place. They had television, uh, commentators, and all these things. And you had a team of Pine Box Derby people who would end up getting more money if some of their guys won in the Pine Box Derby finals and semifinals, which is what happens in Major League Baseball. The longer you go, the more money you get for the championship and things like that. So there's a lot riding on whether or not you are victorious. And if you're dishonest in the victory, it's like cheating at poker. I think is know? the um is um I, I don't want to use go after the poker analogy because I can make one on that. But yeah. is the lesson that you want to teach your son in this Pine Box Derby that the important thing, son, is to play by the rules, even if you know everybody else isn't playing by the rules, and everybody else is going to benefit and profit from this um, from the fact that they don't play by the rules. Well, is that what you want to teach him? What are you talking about? If you knew that everybody else wasn't playing by the rules, right. you could bust him at it. Right. It's a priori versus ex post facto. I, you know, and and also we should stress that these rules are voluntary and not legal rules. Sure, not, absolutely, not rules. I, I, I've yeah. got that. But you don't think, Ian? Because I mean, these things were floating around at the time, and they didn't test these guys. MLB didn't exercise their contract mm. and go in and test these guys. Why? Because they didn't they care, wanted, dude. They wanted, they this wanted show. these steroid rock and roll rock stars knocking them out of the park one after the other. And the last MLB. thing that they wanted to see, dude, was one of these guys getting brought down. That's what That's they right. wanted. Remember, there was that big race between so They had years wild. and years and years of people not using steroids. And you know what they had? Strikes and bull crap and people not watching baseball because <laughs> it's boring and it stinks without steroids. <laughs> It, maybe it's true that they were choosing not to enforce their rules, but it doesn't negate the fact that they broke them, and that's there's, that's morally wrong. I can't believe you're standing up for that. Hey, it, you know, your kid's the one who's going to grow up poor. 800-259. Oh, What's that supposed to mean? Because you didn't teach him how to play games. Yeah, I would teach my kids not to cheat. I'm never playing Risk with you again. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com And those features include our chat room. You can go and get interactive with other listeners during our show, even after the show for a little while. Chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series is now complete. You can read it for free in its entirety at peaceprosper.com. And help Ben Woods construct Catalixia. PeaceProsper.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, take your phone calls. Uh, you can call in about anything, but people do want to comment on this issue you brought up to start the show tonight, Mark, which I find very disturbing. Uh, <laughs> you are essentially advocating cheating as long as you don't get caught, and I think that's wrong. No, I'm advocating playing the game as the uh, rules are enforced. Okay, so that means cheating if you don't get caught, because if uh, if we're playing Risk, as we have recently, and you decide and to bring you every time you decide to bring a pair of loaded die or whatever other way you're cheating that's not necessarily obvious, not necessarily I'm just better than you. <laughs> whatever. What I'm saying is, if you bring something to the game that everyone else is not expecting you to bring to the game, and they don't know enough to to call you on it because they don't think you're a cheater. That doesn't that doesn't make what you did acceptable just because people aren't enforcing all of the potential you know the possibilities for ways that you could cheat. And I can uh, rebut that point, but you said we were going to go to the phones, right? Yes, we are. Okay, I'm going to go to the, uh, then. I'm uh, then let's take go to the phones. And let's I won't go to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. You're on with the cheater. <laughs> Good evening, guys. Go ahead. Um, this conversation that you're having, I I remember that year when 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 all this went down, and a um, couple of, of points. I, I think Mark is like making these points in a way, but um, at the time, baseball was coming out of some real doldrums. They had just had that strike. I used to be a Cubs fan a long time ago. But after that strike happened in the early 1990s, I quit being a baseball fan. I quit. I, to this day, I don't watch baseball. I don't care about baseball. It was because of that strike. Mm. I used to enjoy it. Um, and so I think that baseball itself wanted to see these guys jacked up. Baseball, the, 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 the very top echelon of baseball, I think, was in a way encouraging these men to take these drugs. And I don't believe that anybody in baseball wasn't taking steroids at the time except for maybe some rookies well i think that some guys probably you know weren't but i think that they understood that a lot of their teammates were when you saw pictures of sammy sosa and mark mcguire five years prior to this you saw normal looking guys and then you know to put on the kind of weight these guys put on in that time frame it was pretty obvious and i think that i i, I think that people knew uh, players knew on some level or another that these guys um these guys and many other players were were doing the juice and i think that the the dynamic that uh, p- baseball is essentially a uh, monopoly which i you know ian at one point uh, you know read an article and sort of pointed out why it is that baseball is a government monopoly government instituted monopoly and I, I don't know enough about the sport to 
be be able to remember that. But essentially, it's a government instituted monopoly with all these rules that are set down from you know the federal government, uh, you know, as far as legalization of drugs and that kind of thing. And I think that in a true free market, you would find a, a league and likely the most popular league of uh, where players out just out and out used steroids under the, hopefully under the care of a doctor in a safe manner, and you know set a lot of records and that kind of thing. And then you'd have the the all natural league in the same way that you have bodybuilding and you have natural bodybuilding why do you think there's a, a league of natural bodybuilders ian well I, I don't really understand where you're going with all the this. ifbb the international federation of bodybuilders does it you know they, their rules state that you can't use steroids however there's another organization called the natural bodybuilding organization which has a lot more stringent rules and they okay. test a lot more heavily well, I don't really understand what you're trying what the point you're trying to make here. The point is that a game is played by the, 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 the that not only by the rules that are set down on paper, but by the rules that sort of go in inside the human dynamic inside uh, of the the uh, organization. A cheater's still a cheater. If you're breaking the rules, you don't deserve to get what you got. Okay, man. But I I don't I don't think that McGuire was quote unquote cheating at the time. Regardless of the rules, and he was encouraged by the league to break the rules. And like I said, the, the whole the whole league, it wasn't just Mark McGuire, it wasn't just Sammy Sosa, it, it, nearly everybody was doing these steroids in one form or another. I mean, everybody knew it. We were talking about it, uh, and we weren't even, you know, we were just fans. I wasn't even talking about it. It was the people that I was working with. We talked about it all year long, how they knew these guys were all juiced up. They knew that they, they were saying, oh, maybe it's the balls, maybe it's the equipment. But then you're going, no, these guys are doing steroids. Look how big they are. Look how big they got, just like Mark's, Mark said. Back before the 1900s, the, the home run leaders, leaders hit six home runs in a year or four home runs in a year. Those were the guys that were hitting the most home runs. These guys had 70 home runs. I mean, come on. So, yeah, so because everybody's that, doing it, that means that uh, that's, it's okay I, to cheat. Kind of like speeding. If you're driving down, but again, highway, again, as Gardner pointed out, wait, wait, no, no, again, as Gardner pointed out, when it's speeding or some governmental rule, that's an arbitrary rule that's enforced on everyone without their consent. These players consented to the whatever the set of rules are that MLB has, so you can't make that comparison. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they didn't consent to it. I don't know. No, that. wait, 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 wait. They minute. signed a contract, dude. Yeah, is it stated in that contract? Have you read their contracts? I don't they have know. to abide by the major. Stated. Well, and and we should mention that there were certain things that were not covered in in the rules of the Major League uh, Baseball Association. Uh, there were certain. The other thing is, is, is if they did sign those contracts, did they really truly understand the contracts? Well, they have it. They hire attorneys to do that. They that's not even a question. You know, that's not the that's not the angle that I I would like to take on this one, Matt. What I say is is that there's lots of contracts for lots of employees out there that say one thing and then they mean something entirely different. They'll say you're not supposed to do such and such, but what they mean is you're supposed to do that such and such. So if and if you is... don't do it, you're going to fail as an employee, and if you fail as an employee, you will be out on your butt. Well, uh, let me ask you, Matt, and, and, and picking up on, on Mark's point, if all this was done with a wink and a nod, right, under in, in Major yeah. League Baseball, hypothetically, was was it expressed to the audience that it was done with a wink and a nod? Let's say all the players you know, knew. I think that the audience understood. That's that's my point. When 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 this was going on, 
these were the conversations that we were having. Then why would they deny it for so long? Why would they deny it for so long? That's that's the it's quizzical. I'm quizzical about it. You know, if you think it seems to me that they kept on denying it for a long time, partially for legal reasons, but also I think because there was an expectation among the fans, perhaps. Well, sure. I, I think that absolutely some of the fans are deluded on this issue that they don't yeah. know, didn't know what was going on, or but are they didn't just want to know. Deluded, or are they deluded by Major League Baseball and these guys breaking the rules? All that, all of that. They're so, somewhat I'll self-deluded, you, somewhat. So it, one of one of the one of the guys I worked with, he's got to be one of the biggest baseball fans I've ever known. He knows stats that nobody else knows, and he said at the time. I don't care if these guys are doing steroids. I think they are doing steroids. What's happening is good for baseball. People are starting to watch again, and that's what baseball needed. If it wasn't wrong what Mark McGuire did, why does he feel guilty about it? Why is he coming out of the closet now? Why not just keep it to him to himself? There's something wrong with what he did. He knows he broke the rules, and he knows it's wrong to do that when he agreed to follow them. Whether or not they're enforced by the organization. Maybe Mark McGuire should come out and say what 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 I'm saying here. Maybe he just I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on in his mind. Maybe he's trying to justify his his huge salaries and stuff like that. I really don't know. I'm I can't speak for that guy. Thanks, I Matt, only, for the call tonight. I, I appreciate talk about my memories. I appreciate your call. Thank you for it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL C A I toll free line. You can bring up anything, comment on this, or take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 9231 tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including uh, stuff like our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. It's all there for you free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And there's more to come here with your phone calls about absolutely anything. We started the show out talking about a a, a baseball controversy that has bubbled up to the surface after a dozen years or so. Uh, Back in 1998, Mark McGuire uh, set a home run record. There was a lot of controversy then about whether or not he was juicing uh, or taking steroids to enhance his performance. Turns out he was. He's come out uh, and admitted it now, apparently, and... Is, was feeling guilty, apparently, because he decided to come out of the closet about using steroids. Mark, you're saying it's all A-OK with you uh, because, well, as long as he doesn't get caught That's not cheating, what I'm saying. Not, yeah, that's pretty that's, much what no, that's what that, that is your interpretation. As long as they're stinks. not enforcing the rule, no. you, don't think it's a, you don't think it's a rule that uh, should be followed, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, and yeah, you would call it cheating, wouldn't you? I don't know that it is, in fact, cheating, Gardner, because I believe that the spirit of the rules at the time, the zeitgeist within MLB, was you do steroids, you do well, you knock them out of the park, and we reward you. They weren't testing until the government cracked down, and then they finally came in at 2001. I believe it was wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Mark, you keep knocking them out of the park, and we got your back. Of course, they don't have your back once the politicians really come in with their teeth bared, but so, it, I think that Mark 
McGuire's the fall guy here, and the reason he's acting trite is, you know, somehow or another he's being blackmailed by somebody, and I suspect it's somewhere within the government. That's yeah. just, just a guess, and that's my conspiracy-minded well, uh, thoughts there. And then that the reason he's acting trite is so that they, they have an excuse not to put his very famous butt in jail. So going back to our, our uh, Pinewood Derby uh, story, um, uh, analogy, if the father of the child who wasn't going to cheat went in and said, hey, uh, listen, son, uh, you know, I know you read the rules and everything like that, but, uh, hey, you know, everybody around here knows that uh, don't pay attention to the rules. You can put extra weight in the front of that little Pinewood Derby car and uh, you can grease up those wheels. In fact, you can you can add a little extra to it. Now, would that be appropriate? I think that you're talking – in that case, you're talking about one person. However – No, no. I mean like a whole group of people. You're talking about the dad. Okay. Yeah, so, the, so, dad, so the dad says to his kid, hey, you know, all the other kids are aware of this. Kid, so, um, son, I just talked to Joe's dad. And uh, The know. difficulty with the Pinewood Dermody analogy is that you don't really have people on your team except for your dad and then, you know, that you've got that one authority figure and authority it, – it, it makes it very convoluted compared to the baseball analogy where there's lots of uh, players that are peers and then you've got their uh, superiors who are on the team. But essentially – if you believe and it's clear to you over time because it's not just one Pinewood Derby it's game after game Mm -hmm. year after year in baseball you know you get in your mind that the other players are uh, you know doing steroids and that kind of thing and I think that yeah if, if that's if you find out that that's the way the game's played and you wish to play the game that way that's fine if you don't wish to play the game that way that's fine too don't believe in your mind that you're going to outperform these other players who are on that stuff i mean you know it just doesn't seem very likely if you do you're one heck of a player well let me ask you this how does this translate to politicians that's exactly what i was thinking because yes. when i hear mark justifying cheating it makes me think they man he would make oath. a great politician wouldn't exactly. Mark make a great po- politician he can just take yeah. the rules and bend them around they and try to make it sound like oh, everybody's cheating <laughs> oh these other guys are cheating i can cheat too it doesn't matter yeah so all there's the no questions... morals when everyone's breaking the rules exactly everybody's you know when i get an answer of well, all the politicians break the Constitution. I just want to hit somebody in the face. You know? It's like, no, you know what? Screw you. You jerk. You know, that's yeah, how. Mark is being a jerk tonight, and I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm outraged. Well, maybe I shouldn't be shocked. Uh, this, the, the, I, I, I don't even know where we're going with this uh, this whole politician thing. It's something entirely when you're using force against people. But I guess we're, what we're looking at here is fraud, right? Mark McGuire committed fraud well, against well, these seven-year-old kids that but, have but his, say, let's, you know, the, let's the, compare the it, San Francisco let, Cardinals let's com- hat or whatever. Let's compare it to the body politic, okay? okay? So you've got voters, okay? And the voters have this mythology in their head that they're being they're, – they're, they're actually getting a response to their vote, right? And that the people who are involved in the game of responding to their vote are honest about their oaths that they will take, which are you shall conform to the United States Constitution and defend it, and then they don't. But in the in the not um, in the not conforming, they initiate force against the voter politic, whereas Mark McGuire did not do such but, a thing. But if you're a customer. Who's going to a baseball game? Yes, and you believe that Major League Baseball has certain rules, and you pay t- a, a good money for a ticket, and you bring your family, and then you find out later 
that those rules were broken, you've been defrauded. Yeah, but maybe. But, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait,
I think those are very good, interesting points, and, and I'd like to draw back to one of your initial points uh, to get your, your thoughts on this. Uh, you said that there is a lot that is banked on the performance of the individual players that comes back to their teams for which Correct. they play. Correct. Correct. Now, would you say that it would be an appropriate analogy or an inappropriate analogy to then draw that over into politicians and their constituencies? To say, yes, sure, they agree to play by the rules, but there's a lot banking on them breaking the rules and bringing money back to their constituents. Absolutely. Okay. And also the notion of special interests and political action committees play into this. Question whereby before... everyone is supposed to be represented by the representatives. But when the representatives get to Washington, they turn their back on the electorate. Well, they can't they possibly be represented. If you've got worse. more for Frank, we can hang on to him through the news yeah, here. No I know problem. you guys want to continue your conversation, and we'll talk to you about anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active-duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch here into the second hour of the program tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to continue here because we still have some calls on this topic, but for those of you just tuning in, at uh, during the last hour, m- the conversation pretty much centered around this discussion uh, about Mark McGuire, the baseball player. I don't know if he still plays, but uh, former baseball player, maybe he still plays. Uh, 1998, he got the uh, the Hall of, Run, uh, Hall of Fame records for the most... what. Home runs, home runs in a season. Uh, for the most home runs in a season, there was questions as to whether or not he was juicing, whether or not he was taking steroids, and I guess they didn't test him back then. Turns out he's admitted to it now, a, a dozen years later. And Mark, you're taking the position that well, and you've thrown in a bit of a twist. That is that well, the the league can't allow steroids by law, so that their contracts kind of nullified anyway, but. My point on this is that there are rules. This guy has agreed to play by those rules. He broke those rules. He should have that uh, trophy stripped from him. And you're saying, well, if everybody was breaking the rules, 
then it doesn't really matter. They kind of gave him a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, said, hey, it's okay that you break these rules, so it's all right if he goes ahead and, and breaks the rules. And I think, Guard, you're to some extent on my side on this one. Yes, I am, and uh, I, I agree with you, and I think that uh, there's a certain something to be said for despite the fact that we acknowledge at the outset that the government has basically coerced the uh, ground rules for such contracts – um, I think we can assume at the time that Major League Baseball had certain rules against steroids that, let's say, regardless of the law, um, they would not have allowed them. And yeah, they may yet, not have because right. they may have perceived that their fans would have thought that untoward. Exactly, and I think that's one of the key things. And what I'm saying is that uh, if – and I've tried to draw a number of analogies and said, you know, if you are – uh, entering into a contract with someone and they defraud you, such as Major League Baseball, saying that steroids are not used by our players, um, that is not right. It, that is immoral. It's 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 a breach of contract. But and- do you see how it falls on the player here? It's not falling where it should fall, which is the owners of the teams, falling on MLB officials and all those people are sort of in the higher ups because MLB benefited from Mark McGuire hitting those home runs. MLB was not testing anyone, not a single one. Well, this Nobody is, got tested for steroids because they didn't want to find it. This is it. where we draw out the government analogy. And again, uh, uh, even though government is coercive and and the Major League Baseball contract is not – uh, we're looking at the ethics of defrauding, and if if one is to say that the ends justify the means here, whereas you get a better show, uh, the people are all nodding and winking, saying, "Hey, you know, the, you know, the rules say this, but really, we need performance because our team does better when you juice up." Uh, I, you know, I draw the analogy out. What if you've got a politician? Who knows that the rule book is the Constitution of the United States? He runs for Congress, and he knows that his one thing is he will he will defend the Constitution. That's what he, and yet he knows that he can do better for his team, his constituency, if he breaks the rules. I understand where you're coming from, Gardner, but I don't have an option when dealing with the politician. I do have an option in dealing with MLB. When I can decide whether or not I want to deal with Major League Baseball, if I want to buy their tickets, if I want to buy their hats, if I want to watch their programming, I don't have an option if I'm going to deal with that politician. I want the politicians out of my life, and I want the option as to whether or not I wanted to see a bunch of steroids. Jack uh, uh, fellas knocking balls out of the but, park but when it comes to MLB. What I'm talking about is the ethics of of what they're doing. I don't think there's any difference between the ethics of a politician saying I will run for office and swear to uphold the constitution. I think there is an ethical difference. And you can vote for me. And a person saying I think it's fraudulent either way. I think there well, is. Uh, Frank's with us. Yes, Frank is still here. Goodness, I didn't know. A point I wanted to make with all of the baseball players on steroids. I mean, you know, people that were spending good, hard-earned money going to the game were seeing all sorts of, you know, home runs being hit and all sorts of uh, enhanced performance. So in a sense, as, as an entertainment, as a bread and circus, uh, were the fans really being defrauded? That That's a question I think that's open to interpretation. But I do want to make No, I, I, I actually, I have to tell you, I don't think it is open to interpretation because, because – the the contract of major, major league baseball and you know there may be again an implicit wink and and, and a nudge among the people there that they don't even recognize which is oh well we're still being entertained so this is fine but the the 
the image that Major League Baseball puts out is not we promise to provide you a, a – the contract is that you will work to provide a great game and excitement for the fans and bread and circuses. The contract is you will do this and abide by these rules. Right. So but in it's a, sense, a little different. Money – the marketplace overrides that. And if the baseball league was serious about enforcing drugs and steroid uh, use by players, they could easily do urine tests every week. Certainly. I mean, it costs very you. little. It could be done, and then they would know with Im- exact empirical accuracy uh, who's on the steroids. But well, I think let me they ask- all knew they were on steroids, and as long as no one was caught or no one had a guilty conscience, uh, they were happy to go along with it, as I think were the you, owners you, and the players. You paint a realistic picture, clearly. Uh, and the question I wanted to ask you before we went to the top of the hour break was, would you approve of this? And if you would, would you be able to distinguish your approval of it happening in baseball because everybody does it versus it's unacceptable for politicians to right. say one thing and do something that else? Is a, that is a very good dichotomy. And the comment I made about the fake... Uh, yellow cake Niger document that was presented yeah. uh, to the UN, as well as the false information that Colin Powell delivered to the uh, Security Council uh, regarding the mobile weapons labs mm-hmm. to make biological and chemical weapons that we knew and the CIA knew were not. I mean, we knew those were just, uh, you know, video production trucks that, uh, you know, with a little bit of doctoring and digital. Uh, conversion uh, and satellite photos. Uh, they were they deliberately misled the people. That it cost about 2.1 million innocent uh, Iraqi and Afghan lives, and probably about 10,000 American troops. Yeah, the stakes are so. In a sense, that's a life and death matter. Whereby baseball is entertainment. It's a sport. Who really cares? Uh, I mean, well, it's providing. I, you know, uh, but but you see, those the of us thing who is, care in the... certain contexts, people do care. I yeah. mean, if you look at and for example, if you look at the amount of attention that's paid to baseball and the amount of mm-hmm. money baseball brings in voluntarily versus the amount of people who actually pay attention to politics, you could say that people care more about baseball. Oh yes, they do. So, and just like people will care more about popular music than they will about politics or economics, right? Now, thank you for the call tonight. Be I, by yep. the politicians. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate hearing from you as always at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Kaysen in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kaysen. What's going on, Mark? Ian so, uh, Guard. What's on your mind? I love Liberty Conspiracy. Oh, LibertyConspiracy dot com. That's Guard's website. Thanks. Man. Oh yeah. Um, I am um, this whole steroid thing. It, I don't think steroids is like corking a bat. Um, it's uh, it's something they're they're doing to their bodies. I don't see how you can. Uh, it's not really. Uh, I, I'm with I'm with Mark on this one. I don't okay. see this as a atrocious cheating. It's a but it is it, cheating. It's a development that clearly, if you do it right, it is not actually dangerous. If you if you handle it right, it is not dangerous. If you're doing it with a doctor, I know. Uh, I've, I've seen this. I know how it works. And it is not dangerous if you do it with a doctor. The question is, so, so you know, it's, 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 a tricky, it's a tricky thought. Let's say, let me ask you this. Let's say you're in a marketplace where you know that if you're going into this, you know, bazaar, um, the, the people you're dealing with might not be honest. But you go into it anyway. Because it's just a crazy place, and you can get some great stuff. Is that sort of the way that you you would look at the baseball analogy? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, if um, 
these people, when this was going on, everybody knew he was on steroids, right? I don't think everybody. You can't. You can't make that statement, right? There's somebody out there didn't didn't know. I would say the majority of people, like we were joking about it, and I was like yeah, in high school, true. I think, when this was going on. So it's, just it because everybody knows obvious. the cheating's going on means it's okay? We'll bring you back, Kaysen. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Manchester Brewing, where their prayer warriors are standing by 24-7. Ready to intercede with Lord Elvis on your behalf. Head over to manchesterbrewing.com. And by the way, the, uh, Manchester Brewing is also a sponsor of the Shrine of Female Listeners mm-hmm. at shrine.freetalklive.com. We continue. Kaysen is with us here in Nevada. Uh, Kaysen, you were getting into it on this issue of Mark McGuire. He has come out of the closet as a cheater. He used steroids. Sounds like you and Mark are taking the side of things that say that, uh, oh, well, everybody knew he was cheating, so it's not really cheating, even the, even though not everybody knew. Because there was a question about it back then as to whether or not he was cheating. If everybody knew, why would he come out of the closet? Everybody knows he cheated, so why bother admitting it? If there was nothing wrong with what he did, why is he feeling guilty? Why is he coming out of the closet? Anyway, Kaysen, go ahead with your thoughts. Kaysen? The, um, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Go ahead. Uh, I, 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 I have a hard time seeing this as actually cheating. Um, how many of the Hall of Famers... Like from the nineties, do you think we're on steroids? I have no idea. This is going to cause. Do you think this is going to cause some kind of uh, wave of since Mark McGuire came out of the closet and he was taking steroids? Do you think all the other guys that were taking steroids and that are in the Hall of Fame now going to come out and say, "Yeah, I was on them too"? Yeah, it's not very likely, especially if they pull as a if it, if they pull as a ward. It seems less likely that yeah. anyone would come out. Well, then, in, I, in I, fact, I, well, I, I just want to mention, if that's the case, then, are we implying that they're not going to step forward because they might have the award removed? And, and what does that signify? I mean, would yeah, they... You shouldn't let people know when you're cheating. Right. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I, I think that it's uh, it, it's far too simplistic to just say that Mark McGuire was cheating. Mark McGuire um, was just one of so many players out there that was doing the same thing that they were incentivized to do by their bosses. And I'm sure it was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge in order to, you know, get them to, um, you know, to do How it. How can and you the- be sure? What's that? How can you be yeah. so sure? Do you think the owner of the Atlanta Braves or whoever it was that Mark McGuire played for cared? Whether or not he was on steroids, mm, he was knocking point. home runs out of the park. Yeah, yeah. That's right all on. he cared about. Right on, dude. Right. 
And um, also, you you can see that there's a much more stringent uh, system for catching people who are using steroids in Major League Baseball today than there was at that time. Um, so, you know, to me, that's pretty obvious. At that point, they didn't test anybody. Do I'm they not- actually test people today? Yes, they do. Okay. They do on a regular basis. And the penalty in baseball is uh, banned for life. The penalty in football, where they didn't have this problem, is a four-game suspension. Please, stop acting like Mark McGuire is the problem here. The problem is a systemic, um, uh, you know, a system where people, uh, a systemic problem where the where people want better performance and the government doesn't let it happen. So uh, this the, the only one that's at fault here are the politicians that don't let people be entertained the way they want. Okay, the black I, I, you market make a good is going to come, come is going to supply only, players that knock balls out of parks. That's the only good point that you have is that the politicians are meddling with the marketplace here. But leaving out the politicians and presuming that in the absence of the politicians and the government's uh, mandates, presuming that in the absence they still had a prohibition against juicing simply because they perceived that the majority of their audience wanted that prohibition, okay, so then would you say it's cheating? It, it, okay, if there are two baseball leagues, just like there are currently the um, the, the uh, I, IBFF or IFBB. Let's just say there's only one. Let's say there's two. Um, one where uh, steroids are not are not allowed and one where they are. I would say that it would be unfair and uh, dishonest, uh, cheating, cheating, to participate in the one where it's not fair and do steroids or not, um, you know not allowed and do steroids. Then okay, uh, at that point you should just go into the other league. There's an option for if you. If there's there. not another league and you can't afford to start your own and you want to juice, the then reason it's, there's is not it a, still cheating. Then? The reason that there's not another league, um, for, for one, that you're you're just suggesting. You have no idea. You're creating a fantasy world. If these people grew um uh, grew uh, tire trucks out of their butts, then um, they'd be able to to zoom around the bases. So. Please, uh, the fact is, people want to see balls hit out of the park. By the very fact that uh, the viewership was higher in 1998 than it is now. Please don't pretend, like in a world where government doesn't restrict the use of steroids, that there isn't going to be a league where steroids are used. That's foolish. I'm just asking you the question, Mark. Uh, no, I'm not going to answer a question. Kason, do you have any other thoughts? No, I'm done, man. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to John listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hey, I just uh, wanted to try and bring a little bit of reality of the situation. Back when Mark McGuire was playing baseball, the use of steroids was not banned by baseball. That's that right. That's that was what the I result thought. of Don Fear and the baseball union and the collective bargaining agreement, where the baseball union strictly stood against the Major League Baseball, who wanted drug testing. And well, it wasn't until the Congress got involved that finally the union... Uh, caved in and said, yes, we will uh, go to drug testing. So then it wasn't cheating. So testing. basically we've the been... Players all, but, themselves did not want drug testing because they saw the benefits for themselves by having these increased numbers by using steroids as far as how much it resulted in new contracts. Right. Okay, so, so basically, I, so we were wrong the entire time we've been talking about this in that we presumed no, that it no, was... No, we're not. The fact yes, is, steroids were illegal. No, he says that very, he's, no, he says they weren't prohibited. To keep drug testing out of baseball. That's right, and Major they didn't League make... Baseball them. wanted drug testing and presented in the collective bargaining agreement, and the union refused. And then they went on strike. Oh, this is great. You that set this up. That was back in the early 90s, and late they, 80s. And they weren't... And then when it came back into the second collective bargaining agreement, the Major League Baseball 
caved in and said, okay, we won't do drug testing because they feared another strike and once again the loss and decline in baseball attendance and uh, – TV do you know? Do you know when? Because I was thinking about it. We were talking off the air, and I said there there was something that everybody at the time knew McGuire was taking, which was like a ster- a, a human, uh, a male steroid uh, precursor, a testosterone precursor, which you could you could buy up until a few years ago at a GNC, and it's like it's I can't remember the name of this stuff, and you could just you just crunch it in your teeth and and you swallow it down, and I can't remember what it does. Uh, but that's what all the bodybuilders were using as well. Yes, exactly, exactly, and and HGH. People were saying he was taking HGH, and and at the time. They said that he was doing that, and what I'm wondering is, when do you know when the federal government made it illegal to do the steroids? When when the actual I I personally don't know a date when a law was put on the books that said the use of steroids without a prescription was illegal. Yeah, okay. I would imagine that that was probably back when steroids were first created. That yeah, that was like the, the that's yeah. that, that was like the at least the 80s because I know they're illegal when I was in high school. And the point is they were illegal in this country um still and and th- therefore yeah, they weren't illegal in baseball. It doesn't matter, Ian. Well, now, the now, fact now is I don't think he's somebody had the expectation that there's that he wasn't using steroids. So your your anal- your your upset with this is still the poor person that was defrauded and that no, no, same person no, was upset, defrauded. No, no, my upset no, was the, was he was he breaking the, the baseball players who used steroids we're not doing anything that would be considered cheating i'm with you thank you for clarifying that john i appreciate appreciate hearing from you tonight that that solves my issue because if he didn't agree to or if he agreed that to the to rules that didn't specify anything about enhancing his body then then he was fully within the rules and therefore not cheating more coming up 800-259-9231 that conversation's over This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site free. They include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. And uh, going back for an entire year, as a matter of fact, archives. Uh, excuse me, just go to freetalklive.com. Critical thinking question. First, imagine you live in an area controlled by a violent gang. What if you started using words like we and us when discussing the gang and their activities, even though you were not in the gang? No one in the gang knew or cared about you, and a lot of the gang's activities actually hurt you or your family. Would this kind of thinking eventually lead to sympathy for the gang's activities or resistance to the the idea that the gang was even doing anything wrong? What if a violent gang was able to develop a 12-year indoctrination system that encouraged this kind of thinking? What if a violent gang already did? School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education and the worship of violent gangs. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Dale listening in Arizona. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dale, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, um, I've been listening for uh, eight months, uh, amping for about six months, and I finally called in. Welcome and thank you. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to catch guard tonight because uh, I know he appreciates uh, a Mises and Bastia background. All right, I also, Dale. I love Dale and Julia and, Gar- and uh, Wade, too. But um, anyway, I felt like talking about something that occurred to me the other day. Um, I live on the western edge of Phoenix. And uh, these are a lot of new neighborhoods, and they're they're quite well done. And uh, and I live in an apartment complex, but also it has a lot of great amenities. 
And uh, I just felt like talking about tonight um, the uh, the conflict that arises with statists when they always ask, oh, well, who will pay for blank communal goods in a voluntary society? Um, like the roads? Vo- yeah, the roads, parks. the schools. Um, yeah. Supposedly all those things that they claim would be uh, prey to the free riders once yes. they are built. Yes. And, um, and, and and the funny thing, I'm sorry to jump in, but they create the free rider problem. They create that problem by getting the government involved. Yeah, yeah, they uh, yeah, they they, they 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 act so generous, and then when you finally like you know you have no extra money in your budget, and you finally do take advantage of the library, then they're like, well, see, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so anyway, um, I had a great way to explain that. I mean, uh, as a voluntarist and as a as a spontaneous order um, guy, I, I really know uh, the, the the sequence of events that make um, markets work. But I, I, I maybe I'll qualify it a bit further for a statist. Uh, like how it could be implemented in practice instead of saying, well, just trust me, you know? So it's kind of like an idea that would be like a silent auction type of thing um, to kind of quell the the uneasiness about the free rider thing. Um, Because as I was walking through these neighborhoods on this western edge of of Phoenix, I noticed that a lot of these neighborhoods were built by developers, and all these um, amenities that people do demand, honestly, were put in by the builders because that's what the market demands. Yeah. And they were paid for by the builders. And uh, so there's this path that, you know, uh, I mean, aghast that all these builders uh, coordinated their efforts and connected easements so that there would be a path going yeah. through going through the town. And really, um, it's, it's quite a, a minimal impact of, of the government in the town where they still build the roads, so they still act like, oh, we're here. You know, remember us, but honestly, the developers did a great job. So, but uh, there's all these great amenities the developers built. But then I still wondered as I was walking around and enjoying all these things, like, okay, what happens in 10 years, 20 years? And when, even if you do have some kind of a company that you, you're uh, you're a shareholder in, and deed restrictions, and you know you know what you're getting into, and you know the costs. Well, sometimes down the road there could be a new idea that you never imagined. And you really want to implement it, but then somebody else says, "No, I still don't feel like it. You do it." And then you say, "Well, if we put in this really new, new great new pool, you're you're going to enjoy it." Well, they still don't want it. Well, mm-hmm. how about something like even you know even the idea of an HOA homeowners association voting on this issue still is like people like naturally knee jerk saying, "Oh, put it to a vote." That's like their only response to solve conflicts. Well, what about like a, a blind auction kind of thing where if you, uh, for all the people who really, really want that new thing to be put in and paid for, mm-hmm. well, they can, uh, they can bid for it and they can, uh, they can, they can cl- um, pledge, pledge a certain amount, and, uh, but it's put in an escrow account. And uh, you can have this going on for like a year and let everyone know how long it's going to go on when the deadline is. And then maybe like once a month, um, the the uh, the totals will be reported blindly, and then won't report who donated, so that there's no snobs that say, "Oh, why didn't you donate?" and all that. So that at the end of the year, if there's enough in the fund to pay for said improvement, then it goes ahead. 
And, okay, interesting. And, and would that fund also, I mean, theoretically pay for the upkeep? I mean, if you're going to put a pool in, you're going to pay the pool boy to come around and clean it and, uh, you know, chemicals and, and all that. So would that be also something they'd have to raise money for? Uh, yeah, you can do it as often. Uh, any kind of, un- what I'm talking about is any kind of unforeseen expense that is truly unforeseen. That's not just a whim. And so, or, or it is a whim. And so you'll say, okay, well, let's, Let's, let's do the auction again. Let's see, like, what kind, how much we want to spend. That's an interesting. That's an yeah. interesting concept. At the end of it, uh, if they decided to go ahead, would and, and it's very interesting because it almost sets up a, like a, a fake prisoner's dilemma uh, in the in this instance for these people. And and would would only the people who voluntarily said that they would donate to this be allowed in? Um, and you know, obviously. It would be difficult to try to exclude, or would you say that the process of it would inspire people to either get involved or not get involved? Uh, I think it's interesting because it seems like the process that you've set up would sort of uh, help eliminate sort of the free rider thing. It would only move forward if there were so many people that you didn't have to worry about free riders so much. Um, Or if it does succeed, would you then add that extra layer on it to try to exclude? And I I think we're assuming that it would be difficult to exclude in in these instances. Yeah. Well, yeah, the reason I'm going through this this whole new idea is cuz there are there are already mechanisms uh for choice memberships like health club and all that where you do have an ability to exclude. So that's already been figured out. What I'm bringing this new uh way up is for things that are hard to exclude like a path or uh a lot, you know, road or library or, you know, a, a more expensive path or library. So, so where, those people that yeah. would be ponying yeah. up money for this would be ponying up with the expectation they that know. this would be open to everybody. Yeah, they're not voting. Right. Yes, that's very interesting. They're not voting to force somebody else to do it. They're voting with their own money knowing that right. other people could use it. Like people that would, yeah. for instance, around here in uh, in Keene, uh, New Hampshire, where we do this program, there are uh, volunteer organizations. I mean, it's not entirely what you're talking about, but there are volunteer organizations that come in and take care of the parks. So that means that the government isn't, isn't paying somebody to do that job and the volunteers do a great job of it and obviously those volunteers know that those parks are going to be tread on by all manner of different people that some of them are going to care and take you know take good care of the park and some of them not so much but they're willing to come and clean up the mess and they're willing to come and and do that beautification similarly these folks that are going to be bidding for the pool understand that some kid's going to pee in that pool and they're going to have to uh you know they're going to have to pay to clean it up hey here's here's another thing to add to it some some critics of the market might say, well, you know, this is where things could get really complicated, you guys, you crazy free market cats, because what if you have some big company that's huge on making pools or pathways, and they'll agree to cut the price by a certain amount, make it really, really cheap, as long as there are all these garish signs here and there. So really, the amount of money that would be put into it, you wouldn't even need that many t- people to get involved with it. That might sway that might sway the whole thing, and it would make it a lot easier for these things to get involved. So you'd have big companies manipulating well, how things work inside this small I think system. In a, I think in a free market, you will see more advertising. Um, but you know, who's to say that it would be a big company that would benefit from these this kind of advertising? Um, you know, small companies would want would want advertising too. So you know, there would be competition from a large and small scale. And you may be living in a community where the deed restrictions prohibit advertising, so that may not be an option on the table. Thanks for the call. Great idea tonight, right. Dale. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's an innovator, that guy. I like Dale. More man. coming up. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. If you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, once again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on that list for free. That, again, is updates.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you uh, some of the best prices in gold and silver available on the Internet Anywhere, go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. And check out the U.S. Eagles, the British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and all the coins that we have listed there at gold.freetalklive.com. And uh, before you go anyplace else, just check the rates. All right, so we continue taking your calls about what you want. Go to Fritz in Missouri. Fritz, you're on Free Talk Live, the Ingarda Mark. Hey, yeah, I got some of those Lakotas, and they are gorgeous. Yeah, sure are. I got some, too. Sure are. Hey, listen, uh, I'm from St. Louis, and I am not a sports fan by any stretch, but I do know this. McGuire played for the Cardinals, not the Braves, <laughs> and the reason he's coming out with this information right now is because the Cardinals are going to hire him to be a batting coach. Um, yeah, I'd, so I'd, heard, I'd heard that he was trying to get back in the game that was somewhere in the article, oh. but it didn't make any sense to me, so I didn't mention it. Well, that was probably local news that you wouldn't have picked up nationally, but I, I would I would imagine he's probably already been hired, and they're trying to get out in front of the controversy. Makes and sense I, to me. And I remember during the break, I went and did some looking up. I tr- finally figured out the name of that stuff that at the time everybody knew he was taking, Andrustine Dione. And he was everybody talked about him. He was written up in Sports Illustrated. Everybody knew he was taking that, and it was a testosterone precursor, and that he had put on tons of weight, and that uh, Sammy Sosa was doing the same thing. So... And what we're wondering is, I looked up some information. It was 1990 that the federal government made this a uh, a class three prescribed substance, the actual yellow testosterone stuff that you inject or you spread out in a cream on your stomach. But most of the time, then it was an injectable thing. And Ian, Ian and I were talking about it, and Ian said, you know, but when did the league make it not? usable within the league it was uh, 2002 and then they made uh, things more strict in 2005 right and then and then mark and i were saying well you know the assumption would be that they wouldn't have to put it in their rules if it was federally prohibited so it's interesting because this whole thing uh, all of our, our our moral and ethical arguments uh without the information still stand if you've got something that is you know you're talking about a, a breach of contract or something like that, but this whole thing is muddied up by the federal laws, which are patently unconstitutional, and p- put down certain requirements on all the contracts that would not normally uh, be there because they're coerced by the by the feds. Well, you know it's just like everything else. You know if somebody buys cocaine and you know from his local dealer and and wants to do it, that interferes with the CIA's. Uh, business, then, then, then it's gonna, then they're gonna get hammered. But if Mark McGuire does it and it's good, for, and it makes money and it's good for business, then they're gonna overlook it. Mm. Fritz, uh, any other thoughts for us tonight? No, just thanks, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for making. It. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue and talk to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. The Ingard and Mark. Yes. Uh, good uh, evening, uh, Ian and Mark. How are you? What's on your mind tonight, Scott? Uh, I'd like to discuss Harry Reid's uh, comments. Uh, I, uh, I applaud his comments, and I'll tell you why. They were refreshingly honest and frank. Uh, Reid ranks with my other heroes like George Wallace, Orville Faubus, Theodore Bilbo, Eugene Talmadge, 
Lester Maddox, Strom Thurmond. I don't know who most of those people are. Strom Thurmond Strom and Thurman. uh, Wallace were both uh, bigots. George Lincoln Rockwell, Gerald L. K. Smith, right. Fabio. Did you Codlin, have something you wanted to say besides just naming a bunch of names? No, no, I have I have more to say. In other words, what I'm saying is that you've got uh, the so-called I would I would coin the phrase the Negroization of America, and that's prevalent. What I mean by that is that whites have been completely disenfranchised in America because of affirmative action laws that, in my opinion, have ruthless, ruthlessly marginalized white people. And blacks are prominent in America today in politics, music, sports, and have become elitists as they strive to put whites in their place for past You laws. are so awful tonight. Just yeah. absolutely but I, but I'm, but I'm awful. As though blacks are this and whites are that. This is your biggest problem, Scott, is that you constantly are putting people into groups as though they're all the same because they happen to have the, you know, a similar no, skin pigmentation no, to them. it has to do with skin color. It has to do with being the pecking order. And I feel that whites have been indeed disenfranchised. But then it, it does have America. to do with skin color. It has Listen, everything to do with skin color. You're, you're, you're the one dividing by color, Scott. I you're lost, the one making those statements. I lost a job because of affirmative action. Now, I lost a sales job. You won't find any uh, agreement with the ideas of affirmative action here. Right. That's just racism and, in and, reverse. And why throw in things right. racism's like... racism's wrong. And, yeah, and why throw in things like how blacks dominate music and sports and so on? If they're better at music and sports, fine. I don't see that being the case. I see maybe them being better uh, athletes in, in some areas, but uh, music musically, there are lots of different genres of music, and uh, yeah. you know, some are, some are popular... White culture in in, in in America today is under attack. I feel threatened. What, wait what a minute. What are you talking about? Are, do you mean the white Polish culture, the white French culture, the white, white Italian Christian, culture? White Christian the white, Okay, so that so would not the white goth the Jews, kids. Then. Not the goth kids either, right? <laughs> and, Jews are, what about Jews the emos? Are not white. What about the emo kids? Jews, are, Jews are not whites. Then, then what about... They sure look white Christian. to me. All yeah, the Jews How I've can ever you seen. tell? I mean, what, about, what about Christ? Christ, was was Christ uh, white? Christ was a uh, was a white uh, was a white Aryan. All right, that's oh, God, in the Middle East, that, man. Get out of here from the oh, Middle East. Man. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know the 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 Harry Reid comment that he's referring to. What did he say? He, he said, said something to the effect of that that um, in two thousand and eight during the campaign, the Barack Obama. And this is a politician, Harry yes, Reid. Um, he was yeah. he's the he's, he's the head Nevada of the Senate. senator. Yeah. yeah, he's the head of the Senate or whatever. Um, the the of the Democrats in the Senate. Okay. And he said something to the effect of, um, you know, Barack Obama has a chance because he's light-skinned and doesn't speak with a Negro accent. And I think that that is an is an assertion that is probably true. And I don't and I don't think that the simple use of the word Negro that's makes what the it objection is. With mostly appears upset. to be. Yeah. Uh, like the, the Republicans are trotting this out. And actually, I heard Mike, Mark Levin on the way in calling it racist. It's not racist to use the term Negro. It's just an old term. And honestly, I think it's ridiculous the the um, the way the terms just keep on changing. Oh, it's, it's constantly changing. It's absolutely ridiculous and this is an old guy right harry reed's not, he's not young i mean right I, I, not a spry harry chicken. Reed is 70 years old uh harry that's Reed like my is, grandmother she says the word colored she's yeah, not my a grandmother lady. Well, that's, that's it that's it now but harry reed however is very racially sensitive and always wants to help the people in the inner city and of course you know a lot of these a lot of these terms he tries to cater to certain people so essentially what what i get out of it is you got a square head who doesn't understand 
you know, guy is supposed to be tuned into his constituents, doesn't understand that that terminology is offensive to some people now. Even though it's not racist, mm-hmm. it's a little clunky, it's offensive, yeah, a clunky, it's clunky, I think, is probably the best way yeah. to go with it. And, and it just shows him as sort of a, you know, an ingrate numbskull who is going to say one thing to help his constituency in one area and make it sound like he's tuned in. And then when he's talking to another group of the political elites, will be honest with them and says, well, you know, really, he does have a chance because he's the first one who can sort of aspire to our waspy world. That's sort of the feeling that I get out of it. I, I don't know. The way I see it is that he had a chance, and he did have a chance. He had a very good chance, and I think that he had a chance uh, to some extent due to the reasons that he was he stated. I think that if Barack Obama was a very dark black man that spoke with a with an accent that would be you, – you, you can't deny that a good percentage of blacks in America speak with an accent. You can tell over the phone that they're black. Yeah. Can they say the same thing about white people? Like, I'm do sure white they do. <laughs> you know, the thing is that – and, and as Mark said, a lot of the talk has been – you know, in the pop, pop radio things, it's all – all been over and over and over ad infinitum. In the meantime, uh, you've got your government screwing you. Yeah. You've got your government killing innocent people overseas without a declaration of war. Well, the conservative talk shows they like that. Stuff. Yeah, and they're you know, and what what it does is it gets more people ginned up and angry at those guys, the Democrats. And hey, you know, if that's what if that's what floats your boat, and you think you're you know they've got an agenda, they want to get more yeah. people riled up. They, they don't there care. Are votes coming up. Right. If, if if they if they felt like they could say anything about uh, Harry Reid or any other Democrat, they'd say it in order to you know just get people turned against uh, and I, I, the Democrats. i got to say, I'm satisfied that Harry Reid's feeling some heat because the guy's an utter a-hole. He's a jerk. He's an absolute jerk. So, hey, you know what? Let him feel the heat. But at the same time, I, I wish these guys, you know, if it, you know, it's, you know, you know how it is in talk radio. You're constantly told this all the time by programming directors, like, get something really meaty and fiery. So what are we going to do? We'll talk for an hour and say the same stupid things about how much we hate Harry Reid. Yeah, I'm calling to tell you I hate Harry Reid, too. Yeah, yeah I hate Harry Reid. Come on. Enough. It's amazing what people will listen to, isn't it? I, <laughs> I thought that there was some double standard with the Trent Lott thing, you know, saying that Strom Thurmond should have been president or yeah. whatever he said. I didn't feel like that was that big of a deal either. And it just goes to show the kind of stupid political hay that talk shows talk about and that the politicians make a big deal about. And it just it doesn't affect or matter. But most Americans. The toll free number here, 800 259 Hour 3 is coming up. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves 
via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll jump right into your phone calls here. The point of the program is you get to call in about anything. Elizabeth is on the line, ladies first. Elizabeth in Nevada, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Yep. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to clarify, first of all, who Harry Reid was for you guys. He's the um, senator from Nevada, where I live, and uh, he's also the Senate Majority Leader. He's the man who was backing the health care bill. Right. You know, he's the bigwig behind all of that. So that's why the Republicans are making such a stink about his comment, in all honesty, it's it's they're trying to get at him because he's arguably the third most powerful person in the United States government. Absolutely right. And um, I should ask you, uh, coming from down there, uh, not only is Harry Reid all those things you said, but he's also the perfidious jerk. I used perfidious twice in two weeks. Pretty good. Um, who has awesome. been, yeah, pushing to get that uh, high-speed train from California to uh. Las Vegas. Remember that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love oh, Harry yes, Reid. He's I'm, one of my faves. I love him. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah, I, uh, I have some good things to say about him and some not-so-good things. More bad than good, but I'll let that be. That's actually not what I wanted to call about. Um, I was just checking on the, you know, the Yahoo News online today, and they're talking about that federal suit against the gay marriage ban in California that went up today. Yeah, oh, I didn't and, hear about um, this. The judge – oh, okay. Well, I guess they're, they're actually filing a – Pursuing a federal discrimination suit against the, you know, the marriage bans. And um, the judge in charge of it had a quote that I thought you guys would be interested in hearing, where he said, if California would simply get out of the marriage business and classify everyone as a domestic partnership, would that solve the problem? (laughs) How about about not classifying them as domestic partners at all? How about getting out of that business, too? He's just shifting it over, really. I absolutely agree with you that the government does not have any say in this, but just the fact that a federal judge has made a statement along those lines. Of course, immediately afterwards, then he went into why such a move would be politically infeasible. Well, see, but, um, but nonetheless, and also, to have I, I have to say, he's—I have to say—he's really hedging his bets there. Really, he's just using semantics in a way because the, what he's—he's he's not removing the government from the legal process of the partnering, the partnering life. You see, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, he's just he's saying, well, the church. yeah, why don't we just dance around the word marriage? I don't even think he's thinking about the church. I think he's just thinking, why don't we just dance around the word marriage because it gets everybody inflamed and do the domestic partnership thing. Maybe he is, as you say, making that next step to say, let marriages be done in the churches. That 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 would be laudable, I think. Yeah, that's that's now that I think about it, that you might be making a good point there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just happy to hear a judge say something along those lines. Even, right. You know what? Even if he was just saying it sarcastically, it's still been said, and that still pleases me on some level. Can I ask you something? I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, this one issue, and, and I wrote about it. Um, I, I started to write a piece for um, – I was going to uh, get it over to Lou Rocco, but I put it over at Liberty Conspiracy instead. Um, I was inspired by the New Hampshire uh, governor when he said – 
that uh, by having the domestic partnership uh, law in New Hampshire that passed, we are now giving all the rights and privileges to homosexual couples that heterosexual couples enjoy. And this entire concept of rights, it's all predicated on the 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment says that there shall be equal protection under the laws. So if you've got laws that prohibit, say, lynching of black people somewhere, or of white people somewhere, you're not going to be able to uh, lynch black people either. So they said, look, you've got to have a standard. If you've got protective laws, then everybody's supposed to be protected equally. And that is based on the original concept of the government and its creation here in the United States. It was not to give things, special favors like marriage licenses and special insurance things and, and, and things like that for marriage, but to protect people against other people. And marriage is not protection against anybody, so the government's not supposed to be involved. It seems to me that the the growth of the idea of government over the years has inspired people to look at marriage as a so-called right and that the 14th Amendment doesn't say protection. It says equal treatment. Do you see what what I'm getting at? First of all, um, I have to say, Guard, I absolutely adore you. I quoted one of your books in um, my uh, semester paper in my politics class uh, last term, and so I'm actually a big fan of yours. Um, but as far as the 14th Amendment goes, yeah. I want to say that the 14th Amendment was the one that led towards separate but equal treatment. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I, I think that's that's often the term. And again, it, it's treatment. They're using it as treatment rather than protection. It doesn't say uh, – I mean, it, it wasn't until later that they uh, you know, abolished the concept of separate but equal. But I believe that that amendment just says that people are – Entitled to the same benefits, but no, no. I, see, this is this is this is see, and I, I want to keep you on because this is very. Um, I don't know if it's interesting to everybody else. They're probably like, what are they talking about? But the the actual wording of the amendment is what's key to me, and I think it reflects what people have begun to believe government should be doing. The amendment says equal protection under the law, right? Which means that if yeah, you yeah, but I thought that that was in reference to protection of of you know uh, the. Natural born rights, which again, as I understood it, the uh, Congress has historically taken the position that natural rights are to be protected through non intervention rather than um, actual positive laws. Well, that's that's um, a so very thought, interesting point. Well, yeah, go ahead. I, I thought that wanna... the 14th Amendment was in reference to making sure that those non interventions into the natural rights of human beings were. Um, you know, guaranteed for all citizens, regardless of whatever. Well, what happened was, that, from my reading of the 14th Amendment uh, in the history of it, uh, and hopefully it'll be a fruitful conversation um, that that you'll you'll appreciate, is is the way that I see it is the 14th Amendment was written because after the Civil War uh, and the the new laws that were essentially um, written to to uh, protect blacks and so on and so forth, a lot of the laws were not being upheld. So, for example, if you had laws, like I said, against lynching, um, if a black person were lynched, sometimes people weren't prosecuted. So the idea was the 14th Amendment says that if states have laws protecting the life and liberty of some kinds of people, they must provide equal protection for the life and liberty of all these people. So if you've got – and again, it's the the understanding of the rationale for government under the Lockean concept. If you've got laws where government's supposed to protect – People's property in their lives, you've got to protect everybody equal. Otherwise, the government's not functioning properly. So that's the original wording of the 14th Amendment. But today, they look at things like marriage 
and they don't even bother thinking about equal protection. They actually rephrase yeah. it. Yes, they call it equal treatment, and that's not what's written in the 14th Amendment. It's oh, equal protection. Oh, pays attention to all of that. Yeah. Right. So you, you see what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's I'm, I'm amazed at, at some of these amendments that haven't been brought up. One of the reasons I, I was using your book in my, uh, my paper is I was looking at Tenth Amendment arguments against uh, nationalized health care, mm. and you made an interesting statement or allusion to, I think it was Madison saying something about the Tenth Amendment supposedly keeping states from, um, oh gosh, what was For, it? Yeah, the, the well... Um, Essentially, it would it would uh, there are a couple things, but I think what you're referring to is that uh, the idea that the states have certain things reserved to them and, and non enumerated things. In the Ninth Amendment, it says those that are not en- enumerated to the federal government are not part of the federal government's power. The Tenth Amendment says those things not enumerated to the federal government are reserved to the states and the people therein. Well, right, but I think that it was uh, it, the quote I'm thinking of specifically. You said that it was supposed to have something to do with tariffs to keep states from imposing tariffs. Oh, on that's the other inter- states or that's, something like that. That's the Interstate Commerce Clause. That's that's Article One, yeah. Section Eight. That's actually in the in the Constitution as in the powers that are granted to Congress. They grant them very very limited powers, and and one of the right. powers exactly is the Interstate Commerce Clause, and that was written to prevent states from from uh, putting tariffs on each other. Elizabeth, yes. thank you so much for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. A lot of real detail yes. on the uh, the amendments there. I'm not sure what the... I mean, they don't follow their rules, so I mean, it, it must be interesting, Gar, to know so much about the Constitution and be really the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, you know, you know how it is. You interview guys who are running for office on the radio, and you ask them questions... And and they, and they're, one of the guys is in Congress now. I actually said, well, you know more about the Constitution than I do. I'm like, I'm not running for office, dude. <laughs> There's more coming up here. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us, including our live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version. We've got a webcam, listen lines. Get all the details. Get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com and HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. That's HostGator.com. I was actually looking at a, a, a list of the ver- – there's a website out there that catalogs the various different web hosts that are out there, and mm-hmm. they, they take reviews, and there's a certain up- – they, they look at the uptime for the web hosts as far as, you know, do their servers ever go down. HostGator was number one. Nice. On the, I, and I wish I could remember what that site was, but uh, I was impressed. 
Anyway, hostgator.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with uh, whatever you want to talk about if you dial in. Otherwise, Guard, uh, you were telling us off the air that you've been paying attention to the stimulus news. I guess mm. there's something going on out there with the oh, stimulus. Yeah. Has it stimulated? <laughs> Are things st- st- has the stimuli been applied? Is it uh, is it working? What's going on? Well, far be it from us to continue with the stimulation thing after talking about androstene dione and t- testosterone improvement, but... Uh, here is a story that comes from Reuters, which is, by the way, an excellent song by the band Wire, an awesome song. And uh, they have finally shed light on something that some of us has been, have been saying for a while, which is all those reports that you were hearing on ABC News recently. I've got audio that I derived from, from the uh, reports, and uh, people were coming out saying Charlie Gibson – I mean, I'm sorry, Charles Gibson. Charles Gibson was saying that – Well, it looks like there's some good news coming out of the bailouts. Yes, the bailouts are seeing a profit. And, of course, then you get into the story, and the reporter person on there says, of the 11% 11 that's been paid back, they've made a $4 billion profit on the bailouts. Who the government has yes, allegedly the made Treasury a profit? Department. So they're they're saying yeah, and, and this is Charlie Gibson saying hey, there's some good news out there. There's a there's there's light on the horizon. There the government has actually made a profit. It's like I don't understand how you can say that since you haven't gotten eighty nine percent of your money back, you've made a profit. Yeah, that's even they, more confusing than the Fourteenth Amendment yeah. discussion. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know they they find these ways to fudge it. How did they how did they fudge that? I mean, it, it's insane. And they did it more than once. So now they finally have a report from Reuters that says, guess what? U.S. taxpayer profits from bank bailout investments are being offset by estimated losses from American International Group and automakers. Even these people aren't being honest. Why don't they just say? The bailouts are in the red, as all of us expected they would be in the red, as anybody who knows anything about economics knows. So wait, instead of saying they were in the red, they were saying profits are being offset? Yes, the yeah, they're, they're using the same terminology. They can't get out of this little box they created for themselves because we all knew that these companies were going to fail. And the only way that they cannot fail is by getting money from the government in various sources because they they don't have any economic underpinnings. It's all based on bad, bad loans and bad bonds that have been issued on the bad loans. It's all a house of cards. So wait, I know when they're talking about the uh, the bailouts, are we talking about bailouts here, the or the stimulus, the so-called stimulus money? The you've got the, you've got AIG, all of them, all of them. Is that they're, all? They're, is, they're the bailouts them considered all together. stimulus? Yeah, they're grouping. I guess them, it is, right? They're grouping them all together. They got the TARP, which uh-huh. was for seven hundred billion dollars. That was in October of last year, mm-hmm. uh, and that one, of course, you mean 09. Yes, uh, oh, 08, I should oh, eight, say. Excuse me. In, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you very much, Mark. Yeah. So you've got that one, and that was hilarious because you got the supposedly conservative senator from New Hampshire, Juddy Gregg, who comes out on Fox News when the first version of TARP didn't pass on a Monday. And that Monday morning, they thought it was going to pass. Stocks started to plummet. The stocks continued to plummet throughout the day. Finally, at the end of the day, it doesn't pass. 
midday, he comes out on Fox News and has the gall to say, do you see what's going on here? If this thing – oh, no, no, the next day he said, did you see what happened? If if we don't pass this, what we saw yesterday is going to be look like a field day. <laughs> In other words, that it was going down because they didn't think it was going to pass. Everybody thought it was going to pass. Mm. Then – there's one more thing. Then Neil Cavuto of Fox News gets him on after they pass all this nonsense, and he says – can you promise that every penny is going to be repaid to the ah, taxpayers? Did he? And he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't answer. He's First like, well, you know, I think I've got a lot more faith in the American American worker than you do, Neil. They so cut him loose. They're gonna, didn't they already agree to cut some of it loose? Yeah. On some of the automakers, for instance? Absolutely. Like, oh, just forgive these loans. It says Zip. here, yeah, it says here that uh, it says U.S. taxpayers' profits from bank bailout investments, the profits are being offset by losses. In other words, they're all lost. It's all a red. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. And uh, they are, uh, let me see, 68. That is double speak. Is that double speak? That's what politicians do. They lie. But that's the Reuters that's saying that. That's not even a joke. It's insane. All these people are as mouthpieces for the politicians. It's sad, but it's true. It's, it, these guys are the other me. thing I like, I know there's more, but the other yeah. thing I like about this is the idea that the taxpayers would profit. <laughs> hey, everybody! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are going to take home a check from these bailouts now. How's that for stimulus? Yeah, they kept calling it an investment. Judd Gregg. Right. And I say, I didn't know that an investment con- consisted of you putting a, he- a gun to my head, Juddy, and telling me to invest. I thought that was called voluntary. And that's the thing. On the one hand, you've got him with his corporate welfare calling it an investment and then you've got you've got um, Barack Obama and his ilk saying that getting you know midnight basketball programs is an investment or uh, you know funding for education which just increases the inflation cost in, in secondary education that has always infuriated me whenever the government uses the term it's it, we're investing uh, on the behalf of the taxpayers first of all it's not an investment because you don't have investors in that people didn't voluntarily contribute to whatever it is that you were supposedly investing in secondly if you had investors they'd actually get paid back on their uh, their investment if it did turn a real profit yeah. and nobody's going to get paid back if money comes back in it's just going back to the gang the government I, gang so I, it's, it's, it's not there's nothing accurate at all about any of that i have a dream of being in a debate sometime although i don't it would be very difficult as an anarchist to run for an office but as a, as a free marketeer who doesn't support government in the abstract at all um but to say Okay, I'm running for office simply so that I can expose you as a massive fraud and be in a debate and actually say, how do you get the gall to call it an investment? Anybody here asked about this? Did you? Did they come to you and say, you can voluntarily give your money up? Raise your hands. It's like, yeah. I don't even want to hear from you. What, how can you, you know, just to stand up there against a person like Gene Shaheen and, and say this or, or a person like Judd Gray, like, how do you have the audacity to throw crap Boy, in my face they. and call it whipped cream. You, you know, know uh, it, it's an insult to real investors because real investors take risk on a voluntary basis in the hopes that there will be a reward in the future. Here, these people have nothing on the line. Nah. Nothing at all. I if mean, they maybe, had such a good idea, why don't they go out in the market with their health care plan and all these bailouts and say, hey, we've got a private company. Yeah, you want to invest? It. Those companies failed on the market, and so who the hell would jump in behind them? Somebody who's crazy, that's who. Well, politics. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Vanguard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And and those features, by the way, include our Facebook profile at facebook.freetalklive.com. You can get uh, signed up there to become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. And if you're interested in uh, internships in public policy, journalism, or production – you should check out libertarianinternships.com. It's for college-age students that have an interest in liberty and want to get a job that uh, helps to sort of spread liberty. It's you can uh, work in you can intern in state policy organizations, federal policy organizations, production for uh, television and other sorts of media and, and journalism. Check it out at libertarianinternships.com. It's important that you go there and sign up for an account so that they can uh, send you more information and, and keep you updated libertarianinternships.com. All right, after four weeks in release, Avatar is still the number one film in the United States. I believe it's also topping the box office worldwide. Just recently set a a box office record in Australia for highest grossing film of all time. Of course, it's very rare that they actually adjust for inflation. If you actually adjust for inflation, then I think Gone with the Wind still nails it. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, it's a very, very popular film, and for good reason. Uh, It was a fine movie. We talked about it uh, in some detail about the themes and uh, some of the ideas that are, are presented in it. Uh, after we the the night that we uh, the night that we saw it, Mark, and it, it was fantastic. I've since been back to see it one more time. I Me saw too. It, the first time I saw it in IMAX. The second time I th- saw it in regular 3D, and I liked it, enjoyed it both uh, in, in both formats. And the 3D is is of course an amazing experience. If you get the chance, if you haven't seen a, a movie that has a 3D presentation like this before. And I, it's my understanding there have been other 3D films uh, before this, but this is the first real big one from what I understand. Of course, the computer graphics are spectacular. It's just a, a spectacularly beautiful film. Guard, you're the only one here in this uh, studio who hasn't seen Avatar yet. Yeah. So I don't want to uh, you know, ruin or, or spoil the picture for you here. Go, you know, do whatever you need to, uh, you know, to, to uh, do you know, what you need to do for the show. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm just, we're yeah. going to go through a story here that is going to talk about the people that are actually viewing Avatar and what they're coming out of it. But before I go on with this, have you seen the previews? Yeah, I've seen the previews and I've read a couple of reviews about it. Okay, so then you've seen at least some of the vistas from the the the, uh, the, the futuristic and far off planet Pandora. It's yeah, very very yeah. beautiful looking. It's the, all it's all claymation, which is kind of cool. It's fantastic <laughs> stop motion. Gi- giant uh, play doh dinosaurs. Yeah, Ray <laughs> Harryhausen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Clash of the Titans stuff. Pretty good. They know? did an amazing <laughs> job. They poured I think two hundred million dollars into this film, and they've far more than made their money back. I think they said it already crossed the billion dollar mark worldwide. It's approaching half a billion here in the united states but cnn has a story that honestly should i 
I would think should be showing up at The Onion on a satire website like The Onion because it's just unbelievable, but I guess it's a, a real commentary on society today. The story is, James Cameron's completely immersive spectacle avatar may have been a little too real for some fans who say they've experienced depression and suicidal thoughts after seeing the film because they long to enjoy the beauty of the alien world Pandora. And the teenage children were in a wrecked car and everything was destroyed except for the radio that was still playing Highway to Hell. You know, every time there's a new entertainment technology comes out, some troll crawls out from under the bridge and says, no, we can't have this. It's bad. It's so amazing. I I don't know if anyone's saying we can't have this. They're saying that people are committing, are going to commit suicide over this, for God's sake. I don't think anybody's saying ban Avatar. the The next thing that comes comes Ian is somebody says somebody says you know our young teenagers are very impressionable they can't see this kind of immersion I don't know if this is just te- technology I don't know if this is just teenagers I think this is just a sad group of people who are very depressed about their lives and are using Avatar as an escapist fantasy and are dis- disappointed that they can't just fully escape into the realm, uh, the, the fantasy realms of this of this movie. Why don't they, you know, save up, go to Hawaii? I mean, there it, are some very beautiful places here. Yeah, there's some very beautiful places here on Earth. Uh, there's a, a lovely website that I frequent called Interface Lift. Mm-hmm. I like downloading these uh, backgrounds yeah, for cool my backgrounds. for my HD TV mm-hmm. uh, and it, very high resolution so pictures. They, these people and they're actually, beautiful. Do these people actually cut themselves on the way out of the, uh, the theater? I mean, is this like live Avatar emo action here? Or what? I, I, Let me share some of this with you here, just to give you an idea of how pathetic uh, these people are. On the fan forum site Avatar Forums, a topic thread entitled Ways to Cope with the Depression of the Dream of Pandora Being Intangible has received more than a thousand posts from people experiencing depression and fans trying to help them cope. The topic became so popular last month that a forum administrator had to create a second thread so people could continue to post their confused feelings about the movie. Administrator's name, Philippe Bag. Bagdasarian. He says, I wasn't depressed myself. In fact, the movie made me happy. But I can understand why it made people depressed. The movie was so beautiful, and it showed something we don't have here on Earth. Really? <laughs> wasn't it all taken? I guess there was the, the sort of linking up with the environment thing, um, whether it's animals or whatever, the, the trees, the, you know, the, the, little, the little thing that they had for a braid there. Uh, he says, I think we saw, uh, from what I saw, and as you pointed out, Mark, uh, they were making some direct comparisons to what's going on on our world with uh, the movie Avatar. I mean, they actually used the term shock and awe at one point. Uh, for those awesome. that don't know, the basic idea is there's a group of natives on this uh, this planet, the aliens, that's us, the uh, the the. the Americans, if you will, yeah. come down and they decide that they want what's underneath that uh, that group of people's property and they're going to take it by force. And that's what the conflict of the, the film comes in. So it's it's a property rights issue where this gang of marauders comes in and tries to destroy these uh, peaceable people that right. are just minding their own business. I think there's... Um, you know, that it, happens all over the earth. It, des- it deserves to be said that James Cameron wrote what he considered to be sort of an eco-environmentalist you know, movie kind of thing. But I, I think that there's uh, – I, I heard on Rush Limbaugh when that – one of the – some guy was sitting in um, over the, the holidays, and they were talking about uh, 
Sting and his uh, Somebody's Watching Me uh, song. Can you help me out here, Gardner? I, n- not, oh, not with Sting, police? I'm afraid. Poli- the police. Oh, you mean, you mean oh, with the police. Yeah. Uh, like the every eight, Breath You Take? Every Breath You Take uh-huh. from 1982 or 1983. Um, that song was written, he said, obviously, about the Reagan Star Wars plan. What? Right. What? This is the point. Sting believed that he was writing a song about Reagan and Star Wars. And I thought that I the audience was about stalking. It was clearly nobody got that message out of it. Sting didn't know what he wrote. He wrote a song, and people got what they got. And what I got out of the James Cameron uh, film, Avatar, was an issue of property rights, whereas somebody else might have gotten a greeny um, message or whatever. I didn't see that. I didn't feel that. As far as I'm concerned, if you like the environment, good. So do I. Case closed. I, I, I like the environment too. Uh, let's let's continue. Who doesn't like a good, clean environment? Uh, I think that uh, that's not the issue here, though. The issue is how people felt comparing the beauty of this fictitious world with their lives. Let me continue. A post by a user called Eloquent expresses an almost obsessive relationship with the film. "Quote: That's all I've been doing as of late, searching the internet for more info about Avatar. I guess that helps." It's so hard, I can't force myself to think that it's just a movie and to get over it, that living like the Na'vi will never happen. I think I need a rebound movie. <laughs> what? Another user, uh, na- n- uh, a user named Mike, wrote on the fan site, Navi Blue, fan site Navi Blue that he contemplated suicide after seeing the movie. Quote, ever since I went to see Avatar, I've been depressed. Watching the wonderful world of Pandora and all the Na'vi made me want to be one of them. I can't stop thinking about all the things that happened in the film and all the tears and shivers I got from it. I even contemplate suicide, thinking that if I do it, I'll be rebirthed in a world similar to Pandora <laughs> and that everything is the same as in Avatar. Give this guy a Darwin Award. I, I swear, I, I don't care. The toll-free number, <laughs> 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. These people, their lives... My goodness, we'll continue here because there's more to say. And uh, we'll take your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board you'll get perks like access to the amp only call in lines amp only forum and more and we'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show getting on more radio stations around the country uh, bringing more internet listeners on board exposing new people to the ideas of freedom go to amp.freetalklive.com and thank you in advance that's amp.freetalklive.com and if you're planning on killing yourself go ahead and uh, send us a big one-time contribution uh, before you do so uh, because apparently some people are thinking about suicide after seeing avatar which was a very, for me, a very uplifting film, and uh, I thought it was a well put together, excellent movie. 
Uh, of course, the 3D was fantastic. Make sure you see it. If you're going to see Avatar, make sure you take the time. Drive the extra distance. Some people went to see it here in Keene. We don't have any. We don't have no 3D theaters around here. It was it basically but, uh, all it was, it was shadows on a cave wall here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, the 3D is like a whole new world, and I highly recommend people see it that way. Oh, honestly, I saw it in uh, both digital uh, 3D and IMAX 3D. Yeah. yeah. And I've got to say that the IMAX, for me, the, you know, those two two experiences the imax was significantly better i yeah. you had the same thing but you didn't yeah. experience experience in the same I, manner i was I, I would say that the imax seemed to be a little more 3d-ish i felt the it. imax was more crisp i don't know about you know, that it was, it was filmed it was in vivid hd and crisp and um, i think it was just know. bigger mark that's probably why you thought that yeah a little yeah bit. I, i'm reminded of that opening good, scene you know. when i first saw star wars as a kid you know with that star destroyer and the lasers and oh the sounds my God. I'll tell you, my mom went to that movie with us. My mom had a problem where she would like fall asleep, uh, in, in, in even during very heavily like visual stimulating, mm-hmm. visually like she fell asleep in the trench scene of Star Wars, oh the God. final scene. She fell, yeah. She's like, we go like, mom, the climax of the film. And she goes, <laughs> I fell asleep. We're like, but what? That was like, wow. how could? It's like the most bombastic movie that had been. Oh, it was crazy. Now, uh, so the the story here, and it's a serious story out of CNN.com, where they're reporting on posts on an internet forum, various different avatar-related internet forums around the uh, the world. Now, of course, these are posts, so who knows? Maybe the people that are posting them aren't serious. But I believe it, because there are a lot of people that have depression, uh, that that claim to have depression. And in this case, what they're claiming is that, oh, the movie was so wonderful, and the world of Pandora, this alien planet uh, that is experienced and so beautifully rendered, and and really, it's it's quite a feast for the eyes. One of the most entertaining things about Avatar is every single frame of the film is just tremendously beautiful. Yeah, there was no third plot twist in this movie. Except like I said, except for those, Third. you said every single frame, except Act. for those every 1,500 frames where they put in that one frame that says kill, kill yourself. Kill, kill yourself. Kill. Exactly. <laughs> Actual pictures of your arms slashed open. Yeah. 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 And it was weird because it was brought to you by Gillette Razors, which was strange. So the story is saying that uh, people have been posting that they've been thinking about suicide. Uh, Ever since I went to Avatar, I've been depressed. Watching the wonderful world of Pandora and the Na'vi made me want to be one of them. I can't stop thinking about all the things that happened in the film and the tears and shivers I got from it. I even contemplate suicide, thinking that if I do it, I'll be rebirthed in a world similar to Pandora and that everything will be the same as Avatar. Ivar Hill posts to the Avatar forum under the name L2. He wrote his post his post avatar about his post avatar depression after he first saw the film. Quote, when I woke up this morning after watching Avatar for the first time yesterday, the world seemed gray. <laughs> it was like my whole life, everything I've done and worked for lost its meaning. It just seems so meaningless. I still don't really see any reason to keep doing things at all. Wow. I live in a dying world. Reached via email in Sweden, where he's studying game design, he explained that his feelings of despair made him desperately want to escape reality. One can say my depression was twofold, he says. I was depressed because I really wanted to live in Pandora, which seemed like such a perfect place. But I was also depressed and disgusted with the sight of our world, what we have done to Earth. I so much wanted to escape reality. Oh, no. Well, I get the greeny aspect uh, the, 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 from that quote. Eco, yeah, there's a eco aspect there. here from two of them. Um, the, the the dying world one yeah, is, that is another true, yeah. point in yeah. in that. And I suppose if you if you really believe this fantasy world where people control dragons with their 
braid of their hair, um, then, you know, good luck to you in, in finding that world or whatever. <laughs> but it's just a movie, you know, and yeah. there are plenty Lots and lots of pristine and unspoiled places on the planet. You can go there. You can go and live in the trees if you wish. Absolutely. The reason you don't is because it's a bad idea. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like the people that uh, there's an episode of Penn and Teller, uh, Penn and Teller's BS, which is a great television show where they're talking about this uh, this love for the past that people have never experienced. This idea that. Boy, things sure were better back in the Middle Ages when you could eat a, you know, a ham hock of uh, turkey or whatever, you know, like this. And you, you know, lived till you were 20 and lost your teeth at 18. Yeah, they don't think about that part. They go to the Ren Fair, uh, the Renaissance yeah. Fair, and they get their uh, their turkey uh, beat, that huge, humongous thing of turkey, and they think, yeah, this was good. You know, this was, like all these dames over here and are the broads and the, the winches uh, with the yeah, uh, the winches with the, with the, with the cleavage yeah, showing. Yes. Yeah. Right, right, and and so they believe that things were so much better in the past. They're, they Things are the best they've ever been right now. You don't have to go out and hunt for food like the Na'vi have to uh, in Avatar and spend all your day dealing with these sort of rudimentary basic aspects of life. But like you're saying, Mark, if that's really what you want, there's plenty of woods out there that you can go into, or maybe you'd prefer a desert. You can go there, too. And There's lots of uh, very natural areas that will uh, you can try your luck. <laughs> maybe you'll make it. I always, I always thought it was pretty funny when uh, they would take, you know, I lived out in the country and um, they, in sixth grade, you always go to camp in the government schools in our, our town, you know, so they send you out to camp. And uh, so I live in the woods, you know, where do they send me to learn the woods? So I said, why don't you send me to like the inner city? You know, have me sleep on a sidewalk grating or, you know, that sort of thing. Like, dear mom, saw my first crack addict today, you know, <laughs> that'd be a lot better because they're like, you know, they take you out in the woods the same See this? This is moss. It grows on the north side of the tree. And I'm a little kid. I'm like, well, actually, it'll grow on any side of the tree if you're in a shaded forest, dimwit. You know, it's like, can I get out of here and go to a bookstore? It's like, give me a break. I think that what we're talking about here just in general is a uh, a problem with um, with people in this society, at least, and depression. It's it's very frequent out there. There are a lot yeah. of people that look around them and see problems. And certainly, we talk about problems on this show often enough. There are a lot of them. But one of the things that we do is we do provide solutions on Free Talk Live to the problems out there. And it's just a, a certain perspective that people have that it's all in their uh, it's it's within their grasp to change their perspective. You can either look at all of the terrible things that are wrong, or you can appreciate the wonderful things that we do have. Appreciate the fact that we do have this great wealth that allows us such such time for leisure, like going and watching Avatar and sitting around and posting on internet forums for hours and hours about how you feel about it. There's a real disconnect. <laughs> you wouldn't there, have isn't that it? time yeah. if you were living on Pandora, being chased by awful dogs in the woods <laughs> and horrible dragons. You know, it's it, you you bring up something. Uh, the uh, term economics was given given the appellation of uh, the dismal science by Charles Dickens, right? And uh, it's always been called that sort of in a tongue-in-cheek way. The reason he called it that was because uh, Dickens was very much against um, immigration. And the economists of the time were in favor of immigration, and he didn't like that. Mm. And he was sort of a nativist sort of guy. And uh, in high school, we're always given 
Charles Dickens stuff to read, not to see the incredible strength that this man had in the writing process, not only storytelling, but just paragraph transitions, the, the lyrical style of his prose. The guy's amazing. He was one of the greatest writers of all time. He's awesome. It's some of the, it's, but, he's, he's one of the authors I couldn't stand. I just, I tossed A Tale of Two Cities. After well, he does take like a paragraph to describe a pencil, God, you know, but, but it's amazingly tolerated. done. I, 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 I love his stuff, but Writers tend what to. you get out of it is Industrial Revolution was bad. That you you know yep. that's yeah. what they do in all the government schools, and then it took Ludwig von Mises to mention. Well, uh, maybe people aren't aware of this, but the Industrial Revolution saw people flocking to those cities that the teachers tell people were terrible and evil and so on. Charles Dickens wouldn't have been able to get his stuff published in the massive quantity and have it read by all those people if it hadn't been for the Industrial Revolution <laughs> and the extra time it gave people to read his stories. Yep. And he hated the Industrial Revolution. The per capita death rate dropped precipitously because they flocked away from the, the, the fields that were muddy and not flourishing, and they went to the city and they were able to support themselves. Capitalism, free markets, I should say, yes. were what did that. Life is good. But if you think it's bad, it's up to you to change your perspective. There's a forest out behind my house you can come live in. I go to the grocery store. I live in the woods, but I go to the grocery store because it's a heck of a lot easier. We're done for tonight. Uh, it has been Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. Back tomorrow, online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And stay positive. Sure, there's bad stuff out there, but things can get better. You just have to work at it. More coming up tomorrow night. freetalklive.com. Attention. All active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.